0: Guys,
1: nice. Bella here. Welcome for the Bonfire. Hey guys, hide and seek is now on Patreon. If you'd like to learn how to support the work we do, please visit www.patreon.com backslash hide and seek podcast. For as little as five dollars a month, you can get access to exclusive rewards. Rewards include live events, early access to video trailers. Ad-free episodes, never-before-seen videos, behind-the-scenes video and photo content, along with extended and never-before-heard interviews. My team and I would be honored to have you. Again, visit patreon.com backslash hide-and-seek podcast. Thanks, guys.
3: The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made 24-hour news aides brady Gillum went to sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter
2: i can tell you where she most likely is i hadn't seen anybody that i felt comfortable saying anything to until today the stories they tell are pretty fr- they're pretty freaking gruesome i kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany, I have all of them. I have everything.
4: I told him, I said, I'll kill all the them motherfuckers, and I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just
2: say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Is this little town around here going be hard to hide something like that? Because eventually everything comes out.
4: To me, some days I don't believe anything ride,
1: well. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3, Part 3, the final chapter. I'm your host, James Basinger. guys last episode was a heavy one let's recap a few takeaways and move on to this week's episode in episode 43 you heard about our third trip to michigan in october of 2022 the goal of that trip was to set up property searches of the area with a search and rescue team who could provide trained and certified cadaver dogs we tracked down the property owners of the properties we wanted to search except for just one Permission was granted for 23 out of the 25 properties. After just 24 hours, we've secured the search and rescue team who were going to drive many hours to meet us in Michigan. We were also fortunate to have the forensic archeologist forensic anthropologist join us as well. Say that five times real fast. He developed an experimental device that works to help locate clandestine grave sites. Were we skeptical? Yeah, still are. However, the tool in question was fascinating to watch and it brought us to a particular gravestone in a cemetery with a last name that happened to match the last name of the property owner who denied us access. While we were in process of obtaining permission to search properties, we spoke to a property owner who had a story he wanted to share with us. He told me of an incident that occurred in May of 2019 when he was outside on his property and saw two men come out of the woods and began to walk through his yard. When he questioned them, one of the men told him he was searching for his wife, Brittany Shane. So, we know that there's a very high probability that one of these men was Eric. Now, as for the other man, we're not sure, though we don't believe it to have been JJ. You heard a portion of an interview with Ashley, where she tells me that Eric found the back of Brittany's current phone in a field near where Sheldon's car was abandoned. And Jessica backs this up when she says that she believes that she was there and part of the very small-scaled search when Eric found the back plate. As far as we know, this back plate was never turned over to police. Visiting the cemetery with the search and rescue team was a bit surreal. Not only had Kimmy and her mother recently tried to show it to me, but watching the dogs work, and alert was something I wasn't expecting. Mike, the search and rescue organization founder, had a GPR in the van. He was able to scan the area and confirm that there was an anomaly in the area the dog alerted on. Here's some more audio of our time at the cemetery.
0: Now what you see here, got a grave shaft and a grave shaft and a grave shaft. You see it's down here to eight feet. This shows you the walls of the shaft. Grave shaft, grave shaft, grave shaft right here. Okay, so that's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, This is on these three graves here, which obviously there are coffins here Mm -hmm. and and grave shafts. And it's going down here, we dug down to about eight feet, maybe a little bit more, looks like here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna go back over Wilson's one more time, or uh, Miller's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would you give me one flavor? Would you pick those flowers up? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so there's something out this far. Let's take another look. Let's go uh, this way. The wheel is here. Yeah. Let's go here. Our path. Stand right? Right there. Yep. Yes. Thank you. That's to be expected. Is it giving you depth? Six feet. But look right here. Just went over here. You got the two hyperbola here. And then you got one down here. Three feet. See what we're looking for, these little triangles? Yep. That's, this is when he yeah. first hits the target, going this way, goes down this way, and then as he passes it, it hits it again, and it comes down this way. So we get these yeah. little triangles. yeah, yeah, they're called hyperbolas. And uh, that's what we're looking for. And okay. so we've got something. How deep is that right there? Three feet. I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. seven, seven inches. Three feet, seven inches, yep. Do we see a casket or anything below that though? No okay. casket. So there is no, there's some, something up here which i would expect to see if there's urns buried here because they're cremated and then here i can run the pup on it and see actually what i'll do i'll take the probe and i'll make a few holes going this way it's coming in right here Right here. right here all right i'm not satisfied but we can run the dog One more time just to see what happens. We'll keep those flowers away for right now and then we'll see what we got. More time. Oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. You had me move those because of that reason specifically. Yes. Yeah. Because last time she alerted by the flowers and I said if somebody's who had something on their hand that touched the flowers, it could be making a problem. So we removed them, we ran the GPR. We've got disturbed earth going out about three or four feet from here. We've got definitely looks like something here, yeah. which would be the cremation boxes for the two, and then something over there. How far beyond where the of cremation do you think? Oh, it starts almost right there and goes back. So I'm not 100%. Yeah. And I'm just saying, yeah. The only way you're 100% is you gotta dig it up. Yeah. I would probably get another GPR guy to come out here and do this at some point, get his opinion on it. The dog alert's solid. She's alerting on this thing. And what is she saying? She's saying the, the odor of human remains is here. Um, Usually a packaged cremation box cremation. like that. Yeah. We wouldn't be seeing those. She's not hitting on anything. Now, most of these graves are older and um, they were embalmed. And some of these are even 1881, before embalming really got started, which is around late 1800s, early 1900s is when it really got started picking up. And uh, so she's not hitting on any of those, which means they're probably well-sealed, right? And the caskets are still intact and they're well-sealed. Um, whereas whatever's going on here now, are the cremains possible? that the seals that the cremeans are in are disturbed or something's wrong with it, and the cremeans are getting out and they're leaching out or whatever, that's possible. Um, and then when they dig these things out, you know, the dirt gets disturbed all over the place here, and then they put the grass back in. So that could explain it. It's soft here and then hard, soft, hard, soft, hard, soft, hard, right all the way down. here. So I can't tell you, but whatever it is, it seems to be more on this side here than it is on, on that side over there. So we're like right here. So I don't know. I can't be conclusive. Yeah. I Hope we get more out of the, of the radar. But it's not giving me. What do you think, Arpad? Any thoughts? Just been very interesting. It's absolutely bizarre. Is the only word that comes to mind. Well, I'd like well that girl's supposed to call me so I can
1: get more of that story tonight. Okay. Um, she will, she will call, so we can we can hear what she has to say tonight.
0: Yeah, she confirms that
1: that's awful compelling and she's got- we, we, I, I promise you, I only recognize this spot because I, I went down Google Earth, all the way down to those barns and back. I'm like, guys, I don't know where you guys are talking about. And they're saying it's right,
0: right, right next to the road. Especially <laughs> a new Newgrave, you know, 2018, we just didn't expect- that's the thing It's like, we don't get that very often. I, I never get that, actually. Um, so, all right. all right, all right, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. Good job, Dama. Thank you so much. We'll keep you- uh, Yeah, can I pet her? Oh, please. Yeah, let me get her. I have to get another toy, so just let her go. Because what she's going to do is she's going to- She's trying to drop me off the plate. She's going to play runaway. <laughs> How old for, is she? She's eight. Now. Eight? Yeah. I can't believe she's eight. It seems like I just got her in service, and now I am. She's eight, and I'm like, good grief, where'd the sun? So one of the things she did when I saw the first time she came is she and she squats. Yeah, and then she started moving again. Yeah, she oh, had the fee right here. Okay. Now what she does is when she gets into odor for the first time around that time, she usually will mark it and she does that so she can get back to it. So she marked it and then she went off, go check our pad and Paul, make sure they're okay, and then she came back and then of course she came around here, she sniffed it and then she downed right over here. And then I took her back out and I got her run it again. Now what I what these dogs do So we're doing really precision archeological work. We have string lines that we put out and these dogs are trained to follow that string line with their nose until they hit odor and then they drop. Okay. So I use my leash as a string line and out there by the last two holes, the first hole she missed, the second hole she dropped. Okay, so there's odor going down that way. Now this is a hill. Right. So it could be going down that way. So I can't say this is conclusive. Yeah. Something odd with this. Yeah. So, if you've got a witness that corroborates that something like that's going on and the dates are right, and there's a Miller that Miller owns that other property that's out there that we're looking on, I mean, okay, guys, let's get some people in. Let's start talking to them. All right, I'll go get the other ball, and then I'll get you over here so you can play with it. Thank you. Here she is. Hi. Hi. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: what it was, we didn't know. But we all agreed that a second opinion from someone who specializes in this area would be best. So we arranged for a GPR company we connected with last year, Mike and Sean from WorkSmart to come out to do another scan of this area. I reached out to Detective Otten who was in support of our decision to get a second opinion and agreed that the entire situation was bizarre to say the least. So let me recap how bizarre this has been so far. First, prior to my trip in October, Kimmy and her mother mentioned this very spot Now, in an interview with them, they told me Brittany was brought here, to a very specific house connected to this cemetery. Second, with that information unknown to the forensic archaeologist, his device leads him to the same cemetery with a series of strong signals. Third, the search and rescue team visits the cemetery and one of the cadaver canines is let loose and scours the cemetery going from plot to plot, until she alerts on one gravestone. The plot the K9 alerts on has a gravestone in memory of a couple who passed away the year Brittany vanished, 2018. What makes this bizarre is the last name of the couple on the gravestone matches the last name of the property owner who denied us access to search their pasture. And lastly, when a preliminary GPR is done, we're able to confirm that there's an anomaly under the spot the K9 alerted on. Coincidence? The universe is rarely lazy enough for coincidence. But the reasons for these instances coming together the way that they did are yet to be seen. Our GPR guy Mike reaches out to Sarah and sets up a time to visit the cemetery and scan the area. We're eager to have it done, but I think I can speak for Sarah when I say we're very anxious. The potential for Brittany to come home is overwhelming to think about. I've mentioned this before, but it still holds true. Every time I leave a property, a piece of land, a building, or a body of water where we search for Brittany, it's a feeling I can't describe. Pulling away from Don Hill's property last year, I felt like I was leaving her behind. It's the thought of her waiting there, to finally be found. Even after the scan in the soil pools, when we received the news that the anomalies were not human remains, you feel defeated. You can't imagine how the families feel in situations like this. It's devastating and there's no limit to the number of times families must go through this until and unless their loved one is found. The uncertainty over the whereabouts of a loved one creates a particular kind of suffering and each of the family members that I've asked, that's the worst part, not knowing. While at the cemetery, I know some of you might be listening and thinking to yourself. I just would have started digging. I understand that urge. Believe me. I wanted to dig right away too. All the reasons of justifying my actions flew across my mind. However, it's crucial to realize that this wasn't simply a random spot in the woods. This is a cemetery. So, this involves someone else's loved one. Someone else's friend. As desperate as we are for answers, I know Britney's family and friends are even more desperate. So, we need to approach this situation the right way. I want law enforcement involved, and frankly, I would prefer if they took over from this point forward. I'm not a professional in this field, and I don't want to do anything that could potentially jeopardize Britney's case. Because if we are truly close to uncovering the truth, I want to make sure that every move we make is the right one. I want nothing to stand in the way of justice for Britney and her family. This means taking a level-headed approach. I understand the desire to push boundaries, but I assure you that my actions are not driven by impulse. It's crucial to recognize that the actions we choose can become powerful tools that may eventually be used against us. Within just a few days of my departure from Michigan, Mike and Sean visit the cemetery to do the GPR.
3: Hey, it's me. I just heard from Mike and Sean. They were able to confirm that there are anomalies in the same spot that the dogs alerted on.
1: Mike confirms what our Canaan team alerted to and what the preliminary GPR suggested. There is indeed an anomaly. In this next scene, I just left the cemetery to check in with Greg and discuss the unsettling discoveries. And what happens next? I swear you guys, you can't make this shit up.
4: Hey, how are you?
1: That's Emily, Greg's wife. Despite the weight of our topic, her hospitality was warm and inviting.
4: Hey. How are you guys?
1: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. James, everything. How are you doing, sir?
0: In
2: there. Yeah. So
0: my aunt's uh, husband—he's the caretaker of that cemetery. He's the
4: one of all the mowing and everything.
1: Yeah. You can't make this shit up. And Greg's family's connected to the cemetery. This changes things. I can't stress enough how much I appreciate Greg and Emily's support in this quest for truth. As I was leaving their home. A particular exchange struck me.
4: Five minutes to get there. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. yeah. You gotta go to where? Uh, Unless you run up and hop on the toll road. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that'd be out of way. If you
0: go down 6 to 17 and just up like a mile, the toll road's there. Yeah, okay. they end up in one, uh, then
2: 120 would take you down to Ohio, toward Ohio. Or the, 45 minutes later, Ohio. you can only go... 50 55 I mean, 120 on 120. Yeah, where he's meeting them The tow road right. will dump
1: them out I didn't think about that. North of how there and they can go 75, 80 out of that. Job's not done, we'll be back. Right. Sound good. You better plan for
4: warmer weather next <laughs> time.
1: <laughs> Golly, I know. Alright, guys. In that moment, saying goodbye to Greg and Emily. I felt almost like the child heading off to college. All right. They were mapping out my routes, discussing the fastest ways to my next destination, and offering little tidbits of advice as parents would. Their guidance was both comforting and reassuring. Once I returned to Washington, I follow up with Greg and Emily and do the same with Jessica. We want to make sure that everyone was on the same page and understand the next steps. Greg is me his family member's number. The cemetery sexton.
2: His aunt.
4: Hello.
1: Hey, is this Barb?
5: Yes, it is Barb.
1: Hey, Barb, my name is James Basinger. I am uh, a podcaster who is working with Greg Wallace on the Britney Shank, his daughter's case. He may have just called you.
5: Yes, he did.
1: Is now an okay time, maybe like for a three to five minute call?
5: It is. And actually, I'm going to turn the TV down because my husband and I are the ones that take care of the cemetery. I mean, nothing happens here that we don't know. My husband also does all the cremation burials back there. Greg was telling me you... It was at...
1: It's important to know that Barb and her husband, Gerald, have been taking care of this cemetery for years. They are the gatekeepers of history, which could be invaluable for this case.
5: And was there a headstone up? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so... The, one of the spots that our GPR guide came up today with and said there's something going on here, don't know what's going on. They would love to chat with you guys just because I think they probably just a little bit more better understanding of what they're seeing just in case this is nothing that we need to look into, but...
5: You stated that the cremation mm-hmm. bodies are in front?
1: Right in front of it is where I was told from the GPR is like the location of where the ashes were buried. The urns.
5: Um, I'm going to let you talk to my husband, Gerald, for a minute and I'm going to run and go get the cemetery
1: plot okay. map. Here's where Gerald, Barb's husband, chimes in. He also helps manage the cemetery and even does the cremation burials. His input could offer another layer of understanding about what's going on at the cemetery.
3: Okay, it's, I'm here. It's hey. Gerald.
1: I don't know where they were put. I, I don't know what, what's normal, but what I was told is in the front of it where their remains would have been put.
4: <clears throat> Normally, they would be behind the gravestone, to the east of the gravestone. They, they, they would not be in front of it. I mean, are you saying
0: these b- buried in the front of it? Is that what you're saying?
1: I was confirmed by the GPR guy today and the one on last week that they said that the urn, that where their cremations are at are in the front of it. Now, behind that stone, our guy went out there again today with a little bit more advanced gpr system and he's saying that there's something that's about three feet deep casket and he said no
0: basically i think when i buried that if it's the one i'm thinking of when i buried those ashes that was in a cardboard box i go two feet deep
5: you know what Yeah, something's not right. Tomorrow morning, we'll run back there. If Brittany's back there, somebody has been back there for a burial or something that they would be familiar enough to go to that exact spot. There's all those lots along the river and back out of the way because the cemetery, I mean, nobody's hardly ever back there. I'm 99.9% sure that there should not be a body at three feet. No. Not there. It's absolutely impossible. It just can't be.
1: Let's say, again, he's got a very strong reason to believe that that's a human remains, or that's what he believes it to be. What would be your guys' decision on what you guys would do or how we would go about it?
5: I'm not sure how that works either, because if you feel there's a body there, I'm almost thinking you're gonna have to get, on the other hand, the deeds that I have, have nobody else's names on them, but this And so who would you ask? I mean, you know, they're both deceased, so. Mm -hmm. The main thing I would do, we have a a really good sheriff's department. You could reach out to them. If I was you, I would deal with Tracy Harker. I don't know if you've talked to him at all down there. I have not. Tracy, Tracy Harker's running for sheriff. He knows us all personally, and I think he would give you the best advice on what to do. Anything we can do to help. Reach
1: out, we'll be here. As we wrap up the revealing conversation with Barb and Gerald, she gives me the name of someone and encourages me to call. She also tells me if I drop her name, it may help me get further. Barb offers to do some of her own research and see what she's able to find out about the deceased couple. In my call with Barb, she suggests that I call the LaGrange County Sheriff, Tracy Harker. And so that's exactly what I do when I hang up with her. He's friendly, professional, and very helpful. I explain who sent me and why I'm calling. He tells me, and I quote, I'm glad you reached out to us. What we can do is we will reach out to him, and obviously I'd want to check with our prosecutor as well, because obviously this being a Michigan case, and if there is any remains found in our county, obviously we want to work with them as well and not do anything to mess up any investigation. Time is of the essence here. It's already October, and soon enough, the ground will freeze and we won't be able to do much until spring. I relayed the urgency to Harker. Sure, yeah. I'll have our detective reach out to Officer Auden. But yeah, like I said, if it's something that we can wrap up or help them with their investigation, I'd be more than happy to do that. Harker seems interested and easy to communicate with. We work out a few details, and before we end the conversation, he tells me one more time, I'd be more than happy to help out. And if that was something that we can help close this case up, that would be great. Hands off to Sheriff Harker. The next day, I'll follow up with Barb about the family of the deceased. She was going to do some of her own work and see if she can get in contact using her resources. Hey Barb, it's James giving you a call back.
5: Yeah, it's funny you called just now. I'm back at the cemetery.
1: We were researching who kids were, because we wanted to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. They don't have any remaining kids. They don't have any kiddos. In reference to the person who was up in Canada that we thought Gerald was remembering, that was actually a brother-in-law of his. And the actually don't have anybody. It was just the two of them.
5: I just know there is not Supposed to be a body in that
1: lot. It's not much later when I get a call back from Barb. She did as promised and researched family. And we agree. There's no family available for us to speak to. So, Barb tells me we got the green light to dig and move forward. While I absolutely prefer that law enforcement handle this, I'm prepared to fly back and do the work myself if necessary. Detective Otten calls me. We have a date to check the cemetery. We circled the date on our calendars. This is an important piece. Either way it goes, we find out what we're looking for, or we're able to cross it off the list. So we'll wait, even though it isn't easy. A few days pass, but it feels like time is dragging its feet. I check my phone several times just to make sure it's working. And then I see Detective Otten's name flash across my phone screen. Finally, it's a sobering thought to know that I could be just minutes away from hearing that Brittany is coming home. But then it hits me a slap across the face. Otten tells me nothing came from it. I kept asking him to confirm the location one more time and just want to be sure. He confirms the location they dug. He says he's sorry and that he wishes that he had some answers. He shares his appreciation of our efforts and I let him go. I don't want to discuss it anymore at this moment. I'm disappointed and I feel a sense of emptiness, a loss of hope, a feeling of frustration. There's a lot of mixed emotions when leads get wrapped up.
2: Hey, why are you being shy?
1: Because each lead is taken seriously.
2: Why are you being shy?
1: During moments of discovering the truth, I feel initial relief. I want to believe that Brittany is still alive. Somehow, some way, I follow up relief with disappointment. If Brittany isn't with us, she should be laid to rest where her family desires. So not finding Brittany is a loss. I remind myself that there's a silver lining in this. Oh. We're able to cross this lead off and we're continuing to narrow things down.
5: <laughs>
2: my
1: this brings us to something that I've been wanting to share with you guys for a while. <sighs> Interview with uh, Cage. He sent you the messages this morning, or sent you a message this morning saying, uh, get at me ASAP. You respond, will do, working right now, give me a few. He responds, I got everything. I reply, strong statement, showering off, I'll call shortly. Do we got any uh, anybody else present right now?
4: No sir, no sir. All
1: right. All right. No. No. So you told me you got everything. How the fuck did you get what what does that mean?
4: I told you she was here and gone. She um came back last night. I have everything, bro. I have everything.
1: Remember, it's important to recognize that the very words you choose might one day be used as a formidable tool against you. I've held off sharing for reasons I'm not willing to divulge at this moment. However, I think now is an appropriate time to tell you the story. Before continuing my call with Cage, I need to back up for all of this to make sense. In early 2022, Cage reached out to me not long after getting out of jail. Him and Ashley had gone on Facebook official with their relationship. What were Ashley and Cage's intentions? Cage said that it was to get a rise out of people. They were looking for a reaction. You know, the people who are missing their daughter, sister, granddaughter, cousin, and niece really need emotional prodding. Cage and I interviewed shortly after publicly professing his love for Ashley. Regardless, the post did exactly what it was intended to do. Our inbox notifications go off with people sharing the recent posts of Ashley and Cage's relationship status as a couple. Cage and I spoke later that day. You heard this in a previous episode. Now, considering the foundation of their relationship, I know you'll be shocked to hear this, but Cage and Ashley's relationship doesn't last long. Very shortly after they go their separate ways, Cage messages me to share how things unfolded. I'm too grown, man. I I don't want
4: to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? I've listened to your fucking podcast thing. She's calling me a fucking heroin addict. And I'll do the only needle that ever touched my skin is a tattoo a tattoo needle. You know what I mean? Yeah, this shit with me and Ashley, man, this shit didn't work out, dude. I mean. <laughs>
1: Why what, what did you think it was going to?
4: I mean, dude, she, she's different when she's not like that, dude. Like, honestly, she's, I mean, she's different. She's begging and crying and pleading, wanting to come back here and this, that, and the other. And then I'm listening to your podcast and I'm sitting there listening to, like, how you talk to her, how she talks to you. You know, how the, how much feeling and emotion she has, supposedly, for her motherfucking friend. You know, don't want to live the rest of her life without some motherfucker, you know what I mean? And I'm starting to think in my head, it's just because because she can't have conversations, she can't express her motherfucking feelings. But she can do all that shit. She can communicate with you for hours on end. This played out. And she sat in the driveway for about a day and a half, and I told my dude's girl, I said, look, I, I've been as, as cool as I can with her. It's your driveway, do something about it. And she come out here, and she told her, to kick fucking rocks, and I... That she was gone. She was gone
1: again. A few days pass after I speak to Cage, and it's time for me to head to Las Vegas for CrimeCon. Cage tells me he has something important to share with me. I get a text message from him asking to
3: speak with me.
5: I told you she was here and gone.
4: She, um, came back last night. For some oddball-ass reason, she came as far as the end of the driveway. And I'm sitting up here and laying in my bed whatever, and my homegirl desk comes up, and she says, hey, you know, Ashley's outside, I'm like, what the fuck is she outside for? I don't know. I'm going to go bust her fucking windows out. Okay, cool. I'll go watch. So I get down here, and I send an athlete to Texas. to look, this ain't the best place for you to be. I said, Des is pissed, everybody's mad, you burnt every fucking bridge you had, you gotta go, you can't fucking, I don't want you here, seeing you makes my stomach hurt, you gotta go. Well, when she left here, the first time, she, uh, stole a laptop and a cell phone.
1: Who's laptop and cell phone?
4: Des is. So, she says, um, you know, it tells her, you know, this was like a couple of days ago. She's like, you know, she realized that she didn't have her computer. And it's not like she was missing it, but she was because she was supposed to fix it and then didn't have a cord for it or something dumb. <laughs> well, she took it. And that's where she wanted it back. Well, she come back last night out of the blue. Nobody knew she was coming. Sat in the driveway. And she was trying to tell Dad that she had to wait because the phone was at like 10% before she gets back to reset it and wait for it to charge whatever. Dez is impatient. She goes out there and with a hammer, she goes out there with a hammer. The laptop is in the back seat or front seat with the window down. Dez reaches in there and yanks the laptop. Ashley tries to get it back but... Desert. She's strong. She's strong. She took it back. She's strong. Somehow gets the cell phone too. And then tells her, you know, she's trying to ignore her while she's sitting in the park in the driveway. So her best kind of like knocks on her window with the hammer and says, Look, bitch, if you want to leave with your windows intact, let's just leave. She left. Uh, we kind of had Mike kind of follow her out to make sure she was actually going to fucking leave. Well, she didn't leave. She stayed close enough to where. Des picked up the phone and noticed that it was on a camera of some sort, like she was videotaping from another phone. You know, you can do that. Put a phone down, app it up, walk away. And then she goes to the Gmail part of it like she's, you know, looking through it real quick. Forty-six fucking accounts logged in on that phone and one of them, a couple of them, probably, you know, I've seen like one or two majority of them, you know, are everybody else's. She said Britney's was the first one that popped up. And I remember Ashley asking Des for a spare Samsung phone so she could put an account on it. Well, she said that that was Britney's account. And I, I didn't take it seriously because obviously everybody's accounts on that motherfucker. Well, she starts flipping through it and says something about congratulations Brittany your credit score is doing fine so obviously Ashley is monitoring Brittany's shit well before we can even do anything with it the phone beeps she puts it on the charger and everything starts deleting itself by the time remotely by the time she made it from my room to hers which is really across the hallway to grab the charger it already was on a factory data reset I did everything I could until I pull it back nothing worked okay Charged it, let it go but listen listen the laptop uh we were locked out of it i'm not smart i'm not stupid boom got us into the laptop we're flipping through a little bit more you know what i mean blah, blah 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 well we're logged into ashley's hotmail account yeah it's a shit account. There's nothing on it. You know what I mean? There's here and there stuff. There's safe stuff with her and Jessica. Like It's it's completely random of nothing. But for some reason, Ashley is still remotely close to where I'm watching stuff on this disappear. I got it on, I loaded up just about everything I could. I got all her stuff on one side <clears throat> sorry, and I got Rithub on the other. So I literally battled with her all night last night Every time she takes something, I put it back. Every time she do it, I recover it. Every time she take it away, I brought it back. All night. Yeah, She's so literally she's that close because you only have Bluetooth rings, maybe a little bit more because we have boosters. She's on a ghost IP. I do, I go to track my uh, devices. What devices is my shit logged into? And she's literally a block or so in either fucking direction around. I haven't been to bed yet. I have battled with this bitch all morning she finally stopped eight nine o'clock i checked it again she didn't know where to be found everything starts moving up like it's supposed to boom i agree with him, bro i have twenty thousand pictures of i don't know i have some weird ass pictures of ashley that i guarantee like you're i didn't like them i didn't like them dude i mean they're like Dude, this bitch looks like she's literally dead. Like, she looks like somebody just sliced her whole fucking face open. Straight fucking pupil, dude. She looks like she's ah, this it's some scary shit. We're looking upwards around fifty-one to fifty-something Gmail accounts. I have. Text now. I have
1: PayPal. I have. Oh my gosh! Are you have all that?
4: I have twelve hundred and sixty passwords, my dude. Watch this shit. Hold on, I'm gonna turn it around real quick.
1: Does that provide images or videos or anything like that?
4: Yes. This is just a homemade grid of her passwords. Uh, oh. This is this is just passwords, my dude. This ain't this ain't shit. That's
2: not even the first page. I don't even touch the. Tip look,
4: of it. Yeah, look. Just wait. Is, those are passwords, emails. I, I, I let go of the button already. Look. look I let go. We are at 1,200. I think we count them 1,260 and 60. passwords.
2: Text now, text now, text now, text now.
4: Last night, I seen Brittany's account. I was looking at Ashley's account. Ashley doesn't use the email that everybody thinks she's using. And since she wasn't going to put her stuff on there, I told you I'm not illiterate, you know what I mean? And I got fucking tired of hearing my name, and bullshit, and this, that, and the other, and how I'm not pulling my. you know? I seen the opportunity to do it. She yanked it.
2: I didn't give her the chance. She said, I want to factory your side. I said, you hey, i not get the option, bitch. This is mine. You took it from the beginning. Fuck you. And I yanked it right out of her passenger window, cord and all. She grabbed onto it and said, ow. I said, fuck you, bitch. Came back inside, grabbed the hammer. Went back out there, and she was on the phone. I said, give me the phone now, Ashley. She said, now it needs 10% to factory reset. And I said, give me the fucking phone or you leave with no windows. You pick. That's your only two options. Right fucking now. She turned her head and ignored me. I fucking tap, tap, tap on the window. She finally handed over the phone. I don't fuck around. That's the problem. And she knew that, I, I explained that to her. Don't come to my house where my kids are causing no fucking bullshit. I don't care if you were loud or not when you came here. You came here unwelcomed, unwanted, unannounced.
1: So you have all that stuff, like, in your possession right now.
2: Here's the phone right here. The
4: phone I couldn't save. I tried. Phones are a little more a pain in the dick because they run off of either one system or another. They don't have... I can't can't dual-screen anything.
2: As soon as I went to unlock it, like, I was on it, in my hands, looking at the screen, and I'm like, oh, Daniel, we're in. Like, we got this shit as soon as I started to click on one thing, it would disappear, it would go right back to the home screen, i click on something else, and it disappeared, gone, and it would just, it showed up on the top, uh, find my device, has located this device, and then as soon as it said that, boom, everything starts to shut down, I go plug it in real quick, and it was like one thing after another, boom, 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 the phone shuts off, and as soon as the fucking, it starts to charge just a little bit, a blue screen pops up with a little Android guy at the bottom, it says factory data reset in progress. But the very first thing that popped up out of anything as soon as I unlocked the phone, as soon as I unlocked the phone, the first thing to come up, it's all about, it's it's Britney. It's like it's talking to, it's like it's Britney's phone is what it was. It was imitating or mimicking that it was Britney's phone.
1: How'd you figure that out?
2: Because it said Britney, it, like it flat out, her emails that were coming through, they were all titled to Britney. The whole reason that I even, that she even asked for the phone was because she told me Because Samsung, okay, so like when you lose access to your Samsung account, Samsung will give you like a code to get back into your account and you have it for so, you're allowed to have that code for so long before that code expires to get your information out of whatever account that you've been locked out of, okay? So she told me when I gave her the phone that she had 10 days from the time she asked for that phone, I remembered, oh shit, I've got a Samsung phone downstairs in my stepson's room. So I went down, woke him up. He got the phone out for me. I gave it to Ashley. She told me that day, that night, he had 10 days before Samsung was, was expiring that code to get all the information that was locked on that account that she didn't have access to to get it off there or it was all gone, she said. Everything all everything she's worked for is gone, she said. But yet, bitch, you're still on it. You, 10 days, my fucking ass. Why, why you gotta lie about stupid little petty shit? And what did you say in your podcast? Oftentimes, the person who did it, the killer, the whoever, inserts themselves in the investigation because they want to know what the fuck is up. They want to know where everybody is at, if they're all on the same page, which if the attention's directed on them or not. And if the only way to know that is to insert yourself in it, that's why she's so in this. That's why she's so balls deep in finding out any little detail the rest of it all these other people's it, that's just being nosy these people probably wouldn't have a price on your head and want it on silver platter if you didn't dig into their fucking business you probably find a lot of shit that incriminates a lot of people that's why they want your ass
4: there's still a whole lot been, I, I haven't i haven't gone through yet
1: so obviously this is all being recorded cage like, yeah. uh, if you have her stuff and there's the answers are in there, like this isn't something to fuck around and be like careless with. You know what I mean?
4: Oh, no, like, uh, no, I get I get that part and I'm not taking off anything like I'm leaving everything as is she, when she left here last night. She's like, uh, well, Eric Glide wants me dead anyway. He's the one that fucking did everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to go visit Eric Glide, Eric Glide. Like, she's obsessed with Eric Glide. I don't know what it is about Eric Glide, but she's she's obsessed with this dude. You brought it up about, you know, using it for good. And if you had her account, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? I could understand letting that go and not getting upset about it because she got into the account, right? It's a Gmail account. You got into it. It's a Facebook account. You got into it, whatever. Brittany didn't have Snapchat, YouTube, fuckbook. You know what I mean? She didn't have all that shit going on. You look at this. Brittany's got Snapchat, britney has got Bank of America, Brittany's got Text Free, Brittany's got Defending her address? Okay, I get that. Uh, trying to help your friend out? Okay, I can maybe deal with that. Turning it in? Cool. Help your friend out. But why in the fuck are you still using all her fucking email addresses for your own personal gain? And, and dude, her shit is literally, you know, it's it's here dude.
1: Is there a way I can get I can I can get my hands on it?
4: I, I can and I can't. I don't. I mean I wouldn't as far as trying to save it in the same format that it's in, it's not like I can just right click and send it to you as uh, like a website. Right. And it ain't as simple as like going to YouTube
1: right, right and right,
4: right. picking a song and sharing it with my homie
1: i would i mean, I mean I have- if, if you could if it's simply just looking through it and you're not having to log in or like access her accounts because that would be a, you know even right. though out of all people yeah. she deserves <laughs> that is still not going to
4: encourage it i have eric's takeout too i i see what i've seen and as soon as i like had the right mind of thought i gotta hold you
1: what are your thoughts on shipping it?
4: That's kind of like a her deal.
1: I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I can ta- I can ask her. Obviously, I don't I don't need anybody to. Obviously, it's, her, to, right, it's yeah. her it's her stuff, and I don't want her to obviously feel like I'm trying to take it. Well, I, I honestly just want to read go through the entire thing, see if I could find something, and if not, I can hand deliver it or ship it right back when I'm done.
4: She might be a little hasty with it, not just because like that's I mean, the not the laptop, I don't think, but it's like the intentions with it what are you going to do with it right, are you right. going to delete it right. you know
1: what I mean yeah yeah All yeah alright yeah. if I can you know either way I mean I
4: don't I can ask her and, yeah it's still a thing here's some more of some more of it like these are just files it says this, this one says Brit you
2: think me need to drink alcohol
4: hey is she leaving yeah you leaving
2: Why? Do
4: I need to leave my own house? No, he wants to ask you if somehow if I can't figure out how to ship any of this stuff to him, like whatever. I mean if I can upload it on a USB or something, hard something, something, if I can't
1: Let me ask let me so I can let me talk to her. Okay.
2: Go ahead. Turn it around. Oh hold
4: on. Let me turn it around so you can talk face to face one
2: day. Right, right, right.
1: Hello. I'm gonna be heading back up there to do some more stuff. Obviously I wanna get my hands on this.
2: Oh, you want the laptop?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, I
2: thought you were gonna come here. I was like, yeah
4: <laughs> Well, I can bring you here, man.
2: How about we do this? How about we don't mess with the extracting and take the chance of deletion or anything going wrong and you will just we'll just ship it to you. Okay. Or if you plan on coming up here and you want to come here and get it, or whatever you guys work that out, but like if you want to come up to our house, you're more than welcome. We you know, yeah. whatever.
4: This is volatile information, man. I promise you. There's, I mean. I mean, not... you're,
2: pro- you're gonna you're gonna get somewhere farther with it than probably but him and I will because you probably have more anyways to dig in, and certain things are gonna stick out to you that don't stick out to us because you already know certain things that we don't. So yeah, right. whatever you guys come up with. Yep.
4: I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I talk to you, my dog. <laughs> I can get it out Friday or Saturday. I can get it out Friday or Saturday. Yeah. It'll be all in your
1: hands, man. Okay.
4: Do 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 damage, dog. Yeah,
1: no, I will. I appreciate you.
4: All right, brother.
1: Oh. Hmm. I don't know what to expect with that right now. Like, I I want to be hopeful and like think that everything's on there, but. This call leaves me with a lot of questions what Cage describes is a laptop full of usernames, passwords, personal information of a lot of people. And at this moment, I don't know what I'm dealing with. I mean, how many usernames and passwords? I mean, more importantly, does any of the content on that laptop have to do with Brittany? She's our focus. Cage agrees to send me the laptop and our call ends. Just a brief time after our discussion, word gets out that Cage was in possession of Ashley's laptop the circus. For a quick minute, it feels like we've stepped into a three-ring show. It appeared Cage started to have a change of heart. I called him back to see what the delay was all about.
4: So what's cracking, guy?
1: What's the, what's the latest? Are you able to mail that thing?
4: I mean, I, I guess I am. I mean, I've been using it for other shit too, but I don't, I mean, everything that's pretty much on here I have backed up to uh, a flash drive and an SD card, so I really don't need to send the computer if I don't have to. You know what I mean? That's what I was going to tell you. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still... I can I can do it either way. I can either send you the SD card, I can send you the the SD, the, the, the fucking flash drive, or if you had an email, I can send it all in one big fucking clusterfuck of exactly what I'm looking at. You have to kind of dislike for everything. It's, it's click, 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 click. Like, you'll click on one file that says Brittany, and then it'll give you, like, five more files. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, dude, I've done a whole lot, you know what I mean? But, like, not a whole lot, so... But I want to turn this around. I'm going to show you, like, what I mean about some of
1: her emails. And I feel like Cage I mean is about giving me the runaround. The shit. Cage had been residing at his friend's house and ends up losing that place to stay. Fortunately, during my time speaking to Cage while he was living there... The owner of the laptop, Desiree and I had the opportunity to speak via Cage. We developed a good rapport, so after Cage was asked to leave, I was comfortable enough reaching out to Desiree to ask her if she would be willing to send or bring the laptop to the Sheriff's office. She was very cooperative and indicated that she had no problem turning her laptop over to St. Joe County. I update Otten on what's going on and share Desiree's phone number with him. For reasons I won't share now, the exchange never occurs. Sometime later, Jessica and I are speaking about the situation and unbeknownst to me, Jessica makes her mind up that she wants to collect the info from the laptop and get it to Detective Otten. So, I'm caught off guard one afternoon when Jessica tells me that she has the SD cards that Cage made from the laptop.
2: I just want to tell you that I have it. I've got the thumb drive and I've got the SD card and the SD card has everything on it from the computer, and then some. We don't need the laptop, we have this, and I know that for a fact. I got it from Mike and Dez. I'm on my way back from Detroit right now with Dez's car. Uh, I also called um, this morning and left him a message. But I told him I need to meet up with him ASAP. I'm not going through this stuff. I I don't want to, I don't want to tamper with it. I just wanted to go to the police, so, I just want you to know that I have it on me right now, both on thumb drive and the SD card. You should probably call me today, okay? All right, bye.
1: <laughs> After Jessica turns in the SD cards, she doesn't hear back from them. And Jessica can't confirm if anything was on the SD cards. She never looked at the contents because she did what I advised her to do, take it to authorities. I don't feel like we should stop there. I called Desiree to see if she'd be willing to send me the laptop. Desiree says yes. Jessica takes the lead, makes the drive to meet Desiree, picks up the laptop, and gets it shipped off. She sends me a play-by-play every step of the way.
2: Hey,
5: I need you to call me. I got a date and time that we are going to Detroit to get the laptops, and I need to talk to you.
1: Jessica makes her way to the post office with a laptop in tow, gets it packaged with a tracking number, and in the matter of a few hours, the laptop is now on its way.
2: Nope. Not this time. This time, I got it. And that is a fact, Jack. Um, Because I wasn't going to say nothing to you guys about going and getting it because I knew you tried to be sending me money and shit, and I'm not going to do that. Yep, yep. It's all good. And I talked to Des. It was cool. Everything's cool but it's coming to you so um we want to make sure it's cool
1: i get notified that a package has arrived i open the package and there it is months later it's now sitting in front of me it's in rough condition i called sarah to show her that it's arrived This has been a long time in the making. We're eager to power it on. I push the power button, but it appears the battery's dead and I've got no charger for that type of laptop. I jump in my car and make a dash to Best Buy, purchase a charger and return home. I plug it in and hit the power button. I can hear it starting up. And then the screen turns on. The home screen loads. And there's only one profile to select from. Ashley. Underneath her name, an empty box. Password. Shit. So, who do I turn to?
4: Podcasts are a joke.
1: <laughs> That's Ethan. I asked him if he can help me. There's a slightly
4: nerdier version. Hey, yeah, I can attempt to crack the
1: password on that. Uh, Depends on the type of user account she had and which version of Windows is on there. If it's Windows 7, 8, or maybe 10, I can crack it a lot easier, but if it's Windows 11, the encryption is uh, quite a bit stronger and I make the drive and drop the laptop off with Ethan. It's no more than a couple hours. Ethan sends me a video message. I'm in. It's important to recognize that the very words you choose might one day be used as a formidable tool against you. Yes. I've seen what's in there. Is the info relevant to Brittany's case? Absolutely. You're exceptional at making shit confusing. Evidently. You've dedicated time and effort to perfecting that skill. I have a ton of questions, even if you're not inclined to answer them. Life will let you get away with some things for a while, but sooner or later, the universe will show you the price for your behavior. Everything you do in this life comes down to cause and effect. When you get that bill, you better be prepared to pay the price more SD cards. See you guys next week.
3: Would you like to show your support for the Hide and Seek podcast? Find our Instagram and Facebook page by searching Hide and Seek Podcast. Like and follow to hear updates on past seasons as they become available and stay up to date on Season 3. Find our discussion group by searching Hide and Seek Discussion Group on Facebook. The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Nudons Audio Engineering. Director of Photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. A special thanks to all those involved in our ground team and to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping make our investigations possible.
5: Thank you for listening to her to sink and um, peace out.